Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Good morning, good morning. Yeah, guys, I see late start today. Uh, yes, it is. That's on That's on me. I was doing an interview uh, over at... Uh, for for the UK Broncos, um, which will be a lot of fun. That'll Nick drop was going later. International and yes, had to be late. Yes, I was. Yep, Thomas um, over on the account uh, Denver Broncos UK. You guys can follow him at uh, UK Denver Broncos. Did an interview over with him, and uh, he's such a good question asker that I couldn't make the stream um, while he was uh, pinning it off me. So uh, appreciate you guys waiting for me. And here we are. We're uh, talk a little bit of ball this morning, and uh, I guess we should announce that Chad already approved this too. Um, we only have, gosh, let me see what today. One, two, three more Monday shows uh, until we are not doing Mondays until things start to ramp up again. Uh, so Memorial Day, you guys take time for yourself. Probably August. Scott and I, so we'll probably that? do just probably August. We'll probably just do June and July. We'll take Mondays off or yeah, find I, something else to do. For sure. <laughs> yeah, my uh, I might be sparing sparingly available in August because my August has like three backpacking mm. trips in it right now. Um, and I've been working weekends to accumulate hours, so that way I can be a ghost in August. But um, we'll, we'll get we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But only a few more Mondays uh, getting in here. Let's say hello to some people in the chat. Uh, DWI guys coming in saying late start. Yes, yes, late start. Good morning, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, DWI guys. We also got Dave Glassman in the house. Glad I did a second take. I almost went back to bed. Oh, man, to go back to bed, that would be great. No, it's, it's okay. You can listen to us in bed. That's fine. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, Scott's blowing up the Facebooks now. Uh, EJ's in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Glad Broncos for breakfast is on. I thought I would have to case the Mondays without BFB. Sorry about the news. I just dropped a little bit ago, um, but uh, we got to rest our voices a little bit um, before, before the season starts because we're going to have plenty to scream and shout about when the season starts, no doubt. Dave Glassman's in the house. Good to see you, Dave. Facebook user unsure who you are sometimes it'd be like that but uh, morning to you as well ashton's in here good morning to ashton and uh jd801 in the house saying morning from park city utah beautiful oh, one beautiful of my place. favorite places on earth is park city utah that's where i i learned to ski in park city so the park city utah yep yeah i have uh i've only skied once in my life and it was in wisconsin so uh i would not say that i'm much of a skier hey, i didn't start till i was 30 Okay, so it's not you know, too late. I've got good balance, and I'm not afraid to go fast. So I picked it mm-hmm. up quickly, and I had a lot of fun. I was on my first week in Park City. I was on blacks on the fourth oh, day. Cow. I went, but it was steep. It was like as long as they were yeah. groomed, I'm good. I'm like, I don't mind going down fast. Uh, yeah. I don't. I still don't do moguls. I'm too old for those. Those just kill me. Don't yeah. have the technique to do moguls, but I'll do. I'll do speed. I'll do steep. So uh, love, just love Park City. I haven't been out there in, in too long. Well, he's staying at your place, JD. He's coming out there, going to do some skiing. Uh, Luke Wright's in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Awesome to see you. Uh, we got Scott Dillon coming in, too. I don't recognize the name, Scott Dillon. Hello to you over on Facebook. Good morning to you, Scott. And U.S. Dave saying good insurance uh, for the skiing. Yeah, you better have some uh, good insurance if you're doing that. And Mark Schrader coming in. Um, good morning to you, Mark. Uh, how was you your weekend, Scott? Sir, as always, oh, thank you, thank you. Hell yeah, Mark. We appreciate you. 
Um, how was your weekend, Scott? A lot of uh, soccer, baseball? A lot of driving. What was, what was your life? A lot of driving. So uh, noon, oh God, it, it, feel, it's, it was just one day, like 24-hour period for the most part, and it feels like it was a week. So we left at 7.30 in the morning for Greensboro, which is about three hours. Greensboro, mm-hmm. uh, South Carolina. Played a game, drove three hours down to uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Played a game on Sunday and then drove five and a half hours back. Got back last night, threw a steak on the grill for my wife. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. And uh, here we are. So it was kind of about 13 hours in the car for uh, for <laughs> for my weekend. Yay, but it was fun. The boy played good. He played good. Good. Well, that's awesome to hear. Uh, we got uh, also EJ coming in saying Scott has a need for speed. And uh, Luke Red saying he's from Utah as well. He likes snowboarding as much. I, I hear the, um, the skiing and snowboarding out here. We have snow in the past and whatnot out here in Washington, but it's too wet. Is that a thing? I, I don't yeah, know. The snow can get sticky. Um, and I, I never, it's like, Oh, we love the fresh powder. I didn't get that because I didn't, I wasn't, when I first started, I wasn't on steep enough slopes and fresh powder. When you're not steep, all it does mm-hmm. is drag your skis down. You're like, this mm-hmm. sucks. What are people talking about? And then I got on, you know, one of these in powder and then it's just like falling down a cloud it's it's yeah. awesome I'm like oh this is what people are talking about with fresh powder the stuff i like the the, bl- the blues and double blues i've been skiing they suck in powder you mm-hmm. just get bogged down yeah so yeah um a need for speed probably i've been skydiving i've had motorcycles i have all that stuff now i have a golf cart that's what i have <laughs> now a golf cart and yeah i want an upgrade it's not fast enough Get some NOS on that bad boy. Uh, some some woofers too. Uh, Mile High Truth coming in. Yo, good to see you, Mile High Truth. JD is also saying you're always welcome in Utah. Yeah, welcome in, guys, obviously. Uh, Broncos for breakfast. You haven't done so yet. You guys are trickling in because I was late getting the stream started. Um, God, I was up. At, I went to the office last night at like 10 o'clock filling out applications for moving into a new place because they have a printer and uh, the actual PDF uh, editing sucks. software. Yeah, it's, God, I'm... sucks. Oh, it's such a pain in the butt out here too. Cause like a house gets put on Zillow and like an hour later it has a hundred interactions. So it's like <laughs> you have to ha- haunt. Gotta get an website. agent, man. You gotta, yeah. you have enough to have an agent. They, cause they know about the stuff. If it's hit Zillow, you're too late. Yeah. In this market. Yep. It's a, uh, that seems to be the reality. That's that's we'll bring that up on Wednesday, Scott. No, <laughs> but it's a, uh, <laughs> no, it's a long weekend in that regard, but uh, excited to be here Monday. And uh, I'm going to be gone. Uh, later this week, because I'm flying out to uh, a wedding in Chicagoland. So it'll be uh, it'll I got be a, a good surprise time. host, a surprise co-host for Thursday morning. So we'll we'll be here for Broncos for breakfast. It'll be a surprise. Absolutely. Well, it's a surprise to me as well. So that'll be fun. And uh, it'll be fun to get out of uh, Seattle for a little bit uh, to see some family and friends out there. So it'll be great. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the Broncos rookie draft class again. There's still plenty of meat on the bone with that. And there's some other topics we wanted to dive into as well. Uh, but first, you know, as the dust has started to settle in this class, I'm curious about this class. And we're going to go through it pick by pick. What our expectations are for these guys year one. What's their role? Who are they battling? What's their best usage? Um, so, uh, Scott, do you have any feelings about do you want to start, start at the bottom, start at the top? Uh, what makes sense to you? Oh, it doesn't matter to me. You know, uh, we might want to start at the bottom because we start at the top. We only get to two picks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Very true. So uh, we have the first pick for the Broncos in seventh, or I guess the last pick for the Broncos. First one we'll talk about today uh, for the Broncos is a uh, Fayon Hicks cornerback out of Wisconsin. Uh, smaller guy tested pretty darn well uh, for the Badgers at their pro day and um, has, well, he has good speed, um, has been, 
kind of had issues with giving up big plays for there at Wisconsin. Now Wisconsin has a very aggressive front. Uh, they like to do, they do like to send a lot of blitz over there uh, in the Badgers defense under Jim Leonard, uh, which is one of the top consistently been a top five defense in all of college football. So uh, getting at least some blue blood in that regard. Uh, but Theon Hicks, I, I'll be honest with you, just point blank. I don't think he's going to make the team this year. I think he does have a shot if he really stands out and can become that like backup slot player. But I think it's much more likely he is on his way to the practice squad uh, this season, which is fine. Yep. Uh, And we'll see. I mean, what what I'm hoping for, honest to God, is that he comes in and we can uh, carry Vincent Jr. him. Oh, you took him in the seventh round? We're going to flip him for a six. That would be amazing. (laughs) But uh, other than that, I don't have uh, super, super crazy thoughts on Fayon Hicks. Yeah, I mean, 5'10", 192, seventh-round pick again. You're At this point, you're looking, well, yeah. why do we need this guy? And it didn't matter where you were picking or who you were picking what position. If you're picking somebody in the seventh round and he makes a team, you got something. If you flip yeah. him for a sixth-rounder, you got something. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I feel like a practice squad player here. Um, but, you know, they'll get their chance to come in and play. We talk about all the time, you can never have enough defensive backs. It's, it's just the way the league has become. You'll have six on the field. So... In a lot, you'll have six defensive backs on the field a lot. So how many defensive backs do you need on the roster, at least between the practice squad and the roster? At least 10, at least 10. So do you have 10 right now? Um, you know, you need six competent, and then the better you have in the backups, the more you have in the backups that are that can play, the better. So practice squad, um, that's kind of what I see right now, but we will we'll find out. We'll see. Be interested to uh to 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 get to uh to camp, to fall camp. Yeah, no, he's Broncos take a shot on him. I guess his best, we're talking about his best pathway to the field this season. It will be a special teams. If he mm-hmm. comes in and can, you know, make an impact as a gunner or anything like that, then you have a shot, man. And you might kick off somebody on that roster who would surprise us, uh, given especially the perceived value that I see the Broncos are putting on special teams this year. I mean, they essentially just gave a fifth round pick uh, to Dwayne Stukes and took a, I won't say reach, but took a punter or a kick returner much earlier than anybody thought he would go. And uh, a lot of these picks scream special teams. So special teams year one, if he can make an impact there, uh, you might have some hard decisions on that cornerback in that cornerback. Well, it, it's, you know, by the looks of the draft, uh, George Payton was the only one that cringed at the Broncos special teams last year. Yeah. You know, that there was a lot of that going around. And, uh, you know, frankly, put uh, on, on punt block and field goal block, your number two pick could be coming off the edge quite often too. You know, Nick Benito could see some time there as well. Uh, and good for him. He's a, he's a great athlete. You know, go, go get ball, get ball. Well, the processing, the, all that stuff. No, no, no. Forget all that. Get ball. Don't run into the kicker. Don't hit the quarterback late. That's all you need to know. Yeah, that's all you need to know. We'll see how the Broncos special team shapes up this season. Um, like I said earlier this morning, um, I was on a interview for UK uh, Denver Broncos. Yeah, you said that him. already, Mr. Bragg. Yeah, it's it's fun. Um, but he kind of made it like, oh, what is a, you know, how are you feeling about Russell Wilson being a Denver Bronco? I'm like, well, I'm having a hard time caring much or getting angry about any of the other things. Uh, you know, like right tackle, special teams. You know what? Those are fun questions now because mm-hmm. we can they actually matter. Before it was, oh, what about the Broncos at the linebacker? Doesn't matter because the quarterback sucks too much. You know, nothing even c- compares. You got to answer that question first before My getting. Cars there, out so. of gas. It doesn't matter if the air the tires are are flat. It doesn't yep. matter. Yep. I don't have exactly. any gas. We're not leaving the driveway anyway. Hundred um, percent. Somebody is going to help us get some gas in our car. <laughs> Jacob Foster with the support over on Facebook. Facebook, the the silent one. Thank you so much, Jacob. We appreciate you. And uh, good morning to you. Hope you had a good weekend. Happy, uh, happy belated Mother's Day. Also to everybody on there. I don't know if Scott, Scott and I haven't had a chance to do that 
yet. So a shout out to all the moms and all your guys' moms as well. You wouldn't be here without those moms. So You've shout out to them. One. <laughs> gotta gotta look out there, man. I, I called all the mothers yesterday in my life. So uh, that's not every single one, but all the ones related to me and uh, my wife. So good to see Gary Leeds Palmer also coming in saying good morning, Broncos, Rebecca's family and fans. Good to see you, Gary. Gary also comes in and drops a, uh, a like on Facebook as well. Actually dropping a heart. So you guys be like Gary, uh, give us the, uh, the reaction here, uh, the thumbs up and uh, we'll keep the ball rolling. And the DWI guy saying UK Broncos as Twitter account. Um, mm-hmm. I've been on his show probably once or twice a year, every year um, doing a podcast interview. Um, his name is Thomas and he runs the Twitter account at UK Denver Broncos. And uh, he's like, Hey, what time can you come on? I'm like, I guess 6 a.m. <laughs> works best for me because of the yeah, UK like time difference. 6 a.m. And it was, it's probably, let's see, 10, two o'clock over there, two Who's o'clock two? in the afternoon right now. Yep. So uh, that worked We're best for me. From lunch. I'm like, I'm just getting up in the middle of the night to pee. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, I am a tired one, but it was a good show. And uh, we also thank you so much for the support. UK Broncos All right, uh, TWI guys and UK Broncos. Um, Ethan, great to see you. Hope your Mother's Day was great as well. Uh, Uber Nasty coming in saying good morning, Broncos peeps. And uh, Keith, a uh, friend of the show and a uh, writer uh, for Mile High Huddle and uh, definitely knows a thing or two about the UK saying teams, of course, special teams, of course, has been a disaster. Speed and willingness could go a very long way. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about uh, how much is it going to how much does the special teams coach actually matter uh, for the output of special teams? I mean, I know that's like the Broncos like to put a lot on. Uh, oh, God, his name's already escaped me. Just flushing that season down the drain. The Broncos McMahon McMahon. Yes, Tom McMahon. Um, how much does that even matter? Or is it, is it all, you know, about the X's and O's? No, I kind of always joke jokes. that the special teams coach goes to like, you know, the, the last coach's nephew or the owner or somebody, you know, somebody just trying to get into, it's like an internship almost. But when you've got a good coach, you know, and when you've got a bad coach, you know, and I don't know. It's just, I, I was listening to, you know, McMahon every week, he'd come out on Thursdays or something for a few. Yeah. The, and it was like, yeah, that's on me. We've got to get better there. I need to do better there. I'm like, and on repeat, like 17 times I heard that. And you know, what, what is it? You're not, you know, we always talk about it's the Jimmy's and Joe's not the X's and the O's, but how much of it is, you know, just being in the right lane and correcting obvious mistakes. Yeah. Uh, you know, the coach of me just, it drives me crazy to see simple things just not being corrected. You know, it's, it's it, I'm, I'm around kids. So I talk about kids all the time. Um, but it's even worse when they're professionals. Yeah. You know, um, how does the same mistake keep happening over and over and over again? And how can you be, you can't be that bad on special teams and returns and return coverage without a systematic failure. Yeah. Now, can you help that with personnel? Yeah. Can you help it with schemes? Yes. Can you help it with man management from the very top and your head coach and getting people a little bit more excited to play? Nick, we said before, it hit me in about week four or five that this team had given up Mm -hmm. on the coach. They they were done. That was when I was like, okay, this is a dead man walking. That may have been the first time I used that phrase for Vic Fangio was week five. Um, What is more effort-based than special teams? Yeah. You know? Yeah can't th- not much um maybe your pass protection uh, or pass rush even you know unrelenting but uh, you have to especially kick off and all the the core four kickoff coverage uh watch a gunner sometimes yep fighting to you know trying to beat a double team to run 60 yards downfield watch a gunner 
yep. and tell me that that guy doesn't have heart. And if he's not playing with heart, it's it's easy. If your gunners aren't getting downfield, it's easy returns. You know, and if it's one-on-one blocking on the outside trying to block those guys' gunners, if they've got the the juice and you don't, they're going to beat you downfield. Now there's no to return. And and how good was KJ Ham or uh, Deontay Spencer anyway? Yeah, not very, not very good. Um, so his teams has been a disaster. Hopefully we'll get better there. We got uh, Isaiah's coming in saying, oh man. Uh, we got Scott- this now. You, 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 the the non-Spanish for you figured it out now. Broncos for breakfast. Yep. Bronquitos de desayuno. Desayuno. Desayuno, yeah. Ah, love it, Isaiah. Thank you so much. Uh, Jeremy also coming in and saying, Nick Kendall, a lover of all mothers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who, Even- who can't? No, never mind. That could go bad in a, in her. I was like, uh, and uh, remember the Titans. That's a mama joke. Ah, <laughs> oh, gotta love the your mama jokes. Those, those is a good time. Middle school, Wilhelm Valderrama. That that show on MTV. Good times. Gail coming in. Gail coming in here saying, watching from Muskogee, uh, Oklahoma. Good to see you, Gail. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Isaiah's also coming in saying, what are the realistic odds the Broncos finished last in the division? Uh, what do you think here, Scott? Is there what are the realistic odds the Broncos finish last? I don't think it's out of the question. Um, you, I mean, theoretically, you could go yeah. ten and seven and be in fourth place in this division. Yep. So, you know, it, it sounds awful. Oh, you finished last. You know, I don't. I don't think that would be the case. But if you go ten and seven and finish fourth and make the playoffs, all right. You know, yeah. some things went the wrong way. But if you're in, you know, who else was ten and seven last year? Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. You know, you're starting with a new coach, a new scheme, a new quarterback. How are you finishing the season? Because maybe you got off to a, you know, a four and five start, you know, and then finished. What would that be? Six and two to finish. Mm-hmm. And you yep. finish six and two to finish 10 and seven. And you're and then you're a force in the playoffs. So it's all relative. How realistic? It's not out of the realm of possibility by any stretch. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't pick them to finish last, you know, 15 to 20 percent, maybe that you're fourth yeah. in the division. Five yeah. to one, call it. Yeah, that seems that seems realistic odds. I this is going to be maybe you know Monday morning cloud over our head here on this one, but uh, I think the Broncos' odds of finishing last place are probably about equal to their odds finishing first place um, this season. You're probably much more likely to finish second or third, uh, given where Denver is. I think Vegas is pretty squarely um, the seller. They're still going to be a good team, but as far as uh, preseason perception i think they are their vegas win totals at eight and a half where denver and la are at 10 and the chiefs are at 10 and a half so uh, that's about the pecking order there but that's close that's that's, there's not a lot of separation there for goodness sakes on a 17 game season that's a one game swing here or there especially if it's a divisional game yep no it'll be god hopefully they just pack the a uh the football calendar with primetime games of the afc west this year uh, going to be a lot of good football games out here. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in here saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. I'm Broncos for breakfast. Let's ride and go Broncos. Good to see you, Michael. Uh, we also have the blank coming in on Twitch with a Russell Wilson uh, sticker, I think, on uh, Twitch. So that's pretty awesome. That's uh, Russell Wilson <laughs> and somebody going, shh, shush. Okay, the shushing them. So, uh, yeah, that's how I feel about all other questions and issues with the Broncos. That's uh, we're shushing it right now because you know, they'll play themselves out. But how much do they matter? Yeah. Whatever. Um, Lawrence Rivera saying, is it going to be a problem with our defense not being as stacked as always? It seems thin for our run right now. I mean, is the defense going to be a problem? Potentially, but I think that's much more of a question on coaching uh, than it is the personnel. I don't think this is, you know, the 2015 Denver Broncos defense as far as uh, personnel goes, but they sh- they have the unit to be a top 15, top 10 unit. And if your offense is top 10, that's 
good enough. I mean, that's what most of the Super Bowls have been recently. Well, um, and, and for me, this is a question that is, is in, there's a term for this, the science you might know. When I ask a question with the fallacy, you know, it's like, is it a problem with our defense not being as stacked as always? You're, you're almost, that makes the assumption that it's not as stacked as it's been in the past. And I would disagree with that before I would even answer the question. Hmm. So I'm not going to assume that it's not as stacked as always, because on a per, from a personnel front, this defense has gotten better. This, de- yeah. this defense has gotten better than it was last year, uh, you know, period. So you're better in the slot corner. You're better at edge. You're better on the defensive line. Um, so, uh, you know, is it, is it going to be a problem not being a stacked? Well, was it a big problem last year? Um, I don't think the defense played great last year. Statistically, yeah. there were some good things about it. But again, if you look at the efficiency metrics that Nick likes to point to to say, yeah, they they, they didn't give up a ton of points. That's because there weren't a ton of possessions. They were giving up plenty of points per possession uh, on long, painstakingly dull drives that ended in points. So um, I think the defense from a personnel standpoint has improved. Mm-hmm. Now, how will they play? Yeah, no, the the only one where it's like kind of like if we were talking a year ago, the edge rushers we know now should be improved. But uh, going into last season, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, there was some reason for hoping. More depth uh, this season, no doubt, though, that we can feel comfortable about. Benjamin Flores coming in saying, morning, men, have a good week and go Broncos. Good to see you, Benjamin. Uh, with Billy Homan's in the house. Hello, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you. And uh, let's keep it going here. Uh, also, Michael Kerr's in the house. Morning, Broncos. Morning to you, Michael. Uh, Broncos six-round pick. Matt Henningsen, uh, taking him out of Wisconsin as well, back-to-back Badger picks. So we're t- talking the the pathways to the field this season for these guys. And, uh, Scott, this might be a hot take, but I think Matt Henningsen actually has a chance to make this team and uh, be a contributor this season just because there is such a massive question mark and a hole at that 4 eye position, uh, the Shelby Harris hole that has been left on defense. Well, you had to – go ahead. No, no, you're – sorry, I thought you were you, you were finished. Uh, apologies. Um, when you start talking about uh, Melvin Ajim as being penciled in as a starter, then there and then anybody coming in has a chance to to get on the field. Uh, yep. Melvin Ajim hasn't proven to be a starter level quality player in this league, mm-hmm. um, so you'll have your chance, Melvin. You'll 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 go into uh, into camp. But if I'm a if I'm a draft pick, if I'm Matt Hennington coming in, if I'm a 290 pound defensive lineman, I'm thinking I got a chance to play and play early on this team. And that's that's exciting. That should be motivating. Yeah, no, McTelvin Najim is definitely the gauntlet is thrown down uh, for him this season. Uh, he's one of those guys that maybe George Payton's looking to trade uh, for extra draft capital because not one of his picks, not somebody who has made the team yet. Former third round pick, still two years of control. There is value uh, to that kind of guy on the market. So maybe you can get a six round pick or I don't think fifth, fifth, fifth even, or yeah. maybe a fifth and send a seven. There's value to that, no doubt. And he can do. Uh, he can get after the passer. Uh, the, we've, he's seen that in the camp. We've seen that in his limited action in uh, the season as well. He's pretty good pass rusher. It's just his discipline and his run defense have been, you know, left us wanting. Uh, so we'll see about that one. But you're definitely right. Uh, Matt Hainson, he is exceedingly smart. And he was asked to do a do the ugly work, do the dirty work for Wisconsin up front, muck things up, you know, occupy blockers and uh, allow guys like uh, – Leo Chanel uh, get a one-on-one block from the A-gap as a mug linebacker 
the reason he's getting one-on-ones or, you know, not even a guy blocking him with a free rush is because you have uh, Henningsen doing a lot of dirty work there. Now, the best player on that uh, Wisconsin front, in my opinion, was their nose tackle, who didn't declare early in uh, Benton, but uh, Henningsen had a good year for them. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he ends up being the best, you know, guy who's eating double teams or a gap and a half and uh, ends up winning the starting role. But I think it's just as likely he doesn't make this team, but the back end of the defensive line and the, the reps and depth there are going to be interesting to follow in camp. It's one of the well, areas that I'm most intrigued about. And as you were describing him, I'm like, well, this sounds like a perfect three, four end. You know, his, his job is to keep the linebackers clean. That's, that's what you want him to do is occupy two blockers and the, 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 in a base, you know, if you've got two inside linebackers on the field is to keep them clean. You got speed in the, in the, at the second level, they're the ones that are going to be making all the tackles. That's his job. Uh, how well did Ajim do that? Or has he, is he capable of doing it as far as doing the dirty work that a three, four end has to do? And that's uh that'll be the big question coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bama X saying good morning, Broncos country. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you as well. Bama X. Good to see you here. Um, we also have Clee's in the house. Good to see you, Clee. And uh, Jeremy, oh man, coffee's not kicking. And no pass rush equals no, no fly zone. We need a little bit of double no there um, to we do want the no fly zone, but uh, without the pass rush, you don't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have Josh Mays coming in saying Melvin Gordon talking about the Broncos bringing back Melvin Gordon is a solid backup. And anyone at that position has, Oh, he's talking about McTelvin. Excuse me. McTelvin a gene. Well, I actually, in my brain was still on McTelvin. So I went straight there too. So thank you, Josh. <laughs> yep, uh, McTelvin a gene, solid backup, but anyone in that position has a shot to see the field. Absolutely. Cor- uh, correct there. I will say that one, that one of Scott's favorite, I'd be surprised if he ends up being a starter just because he, his ability to handle gap and a half is uh, not his strength and you'd be miscasting him in that. And that's a Deshaun Williams. I think Deshaun Williams is a good pass rusher from that spot, but he's diminutive. And if you're asking him to take on guys rather than try to press a gap, uh, it's not going to work out as well for you. I think he's a very good sub package player. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a spot for him to get after it there. Uh, But if you want, we're talking that three, four or five, one, five kind of, kind of look there um, with the five guys along the defensive front. Um, that's probably not as much Deshaun Williams, especially when you have Draymond Jones uh, playing the opposite side. He's the guy that I you like want. Deshaun to Williams is a playmaker in yeah. situational packages where he can come in and use his quickness to disrupt, get into the offensive backfield, uh, not necessarily hold up against obvious, you know, in, in running situations to hold up that d- down in and down out. But I do really like him on this team because yeah. of his ability to get into the backfield. If you've got a guy that can from the defensive line from an interior spot, and yes, a three-four end for me is still an interior lineman. Uh, basically, defensive tackles just maybe one gap out, but yeah. not quite an end. Uh, if you've got a guy that can get into the offensive backfield from that spot, he's worth hanging on to, and Deshaun Williams can do that. Yeah. And uh, we also have uh, Isaiah coming back in saying Mike Purcell's days are numbered. I love the defensive uh, front with our new pick. Yeah. Mike Purcell. I mean, he's older, he's dealt with injuries, his plays regressed and he, you can save a little bit of money moving on from him. I'd be pretty surprised if he makes this team uh, in the end. And it's, you know, it's not totally disrespectful to, to him, but you know, if you can go younger and cheaper and healthier, that's how football works. You know, it's a but young man. rookie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you're probably going to see a DJ Jones playing most of that. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's, that's the thing is it, I, I don't think we're going to see this as much straight three, four suffer ball as yeah. we've seen in the past where you have to have, if you're 300 pounds and a three, four at nose guard, you're too light. You're, you're too yeah. small. You're going to need some size there. Now uh, we'll get to him, but a uh, uh, fits that bell, but I don't necessarily want him coming in there as a, as a rookie. Um, 
either right now. I'd yeah. like to have some. I'd like to have some veteran there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and DWI guys, Ethan coming and saying is Hennington the guy they described as a goodwill hunting? Yes, that's the guy. Um, he got his master's degree already in uh, chemical engineering, and he also has a went to Wisconsin a four student in I think mechanical and chemical engineering. So, a uh, very he smart guy. Play. Yep. Yeah, he he's a. Just write it all up on the whiteboard, Matt. Uh, we'll have a good time. Um, but no, it was definitely uh, uh, Pennington there. We also got Uber Nasty coming in saying Washington or Caden Davis for the return man. It better damn well be Washington if they use a fifth round pick on him with other guys still on the board um, and he can't beat out an undrafted free agent. I'm going to be as pissed as you can be for a fifth round pick. Um, so it better be Washington. <laughs> yeah, pick. that's why he's there. He'll get first chance. So when they yeah. go out there and they they usually run out there the first day of uh, of open camp, They'll have three guys returning punts. Uh, yeah. Washington will be one of them. By the time they hit the end of the preseason, Washington should be the only one of them. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, if it's not Washington, then uh, Dwayne Stukes, we're going to give you another room for the draft next season because, uh, listen to you, you wanted your guy, and uh, what are we doing here? An undrafted free agent beat out a fifth round pick. That one would that one would piss me off a little bit. <laughs> um, not going to lie. So, uh, I mean, obviously, you want the best guy to play in the end and win in the end, but. Uh, that's not just a, a throwaway pick. I mean, fifth round last year, the Broncos got Caden Stearns. You shouldn't just treat it like a throwaway. And uh, if, if you draft a guy who is only a kick returner or a punt returner and doesn't make your team at that spot, that's that's throwing away a pick. Uh, so that one would that would tick me off. I would not be OK with that. He better Montreal, Washington better win. So, just, you know, me, I always look and see, well, who else was available at the time? Braxton uh, Jones. What number pick was he? Uh, he went in the middle of the fifth round. Middle I, I of couldn't. Fifth. Oh, good he lord! A... I mean, Otito Ogbonio went at one sixty in the middle of the fifth, yep. so he only went two picks beforehand. You yep. know, so Ogbonia, Washington, Braxton Jones. So that's still why available. Said, yeah, yeah. Braxton Jones at one sixty eight. Uh, Luke Wattenberg. Uh, well, I mean, you ended up Broncos getting him too. So, him. Yeah, uh, but a good player. Um, John Ridgeway, you talk about yeah. needing some size at 330 pounds at nose guard. Uh, Kingsley Enigbare from South Carolina, an edge rusher with some upside. So, yeah, there's Matt Ariza. You want to hit special teams. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Johnson, another special teams team, and uh, outside linebacker edge from Kansas. Uh, linebacker Darian Beaver. Um, I, there's a lot. There were a lot of good players. Yeah, I could. There's a lot of guys in there that I like that. Uh, that, that could help that could help Mamari Barno. Um Matthew you talk about you know some trait guys. How about an mm -hmm. edge that's running a four three? I don't know if he can do anything else, but he's an edge that can he's 240 pounds and can run a four three in the sixth round. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on that one. Yeah, that one was head scratching. Um still we'll see how it turns out. Uh Tyson Anderson was still there. You know, I don't even care. You took another defensive back later. Why not take a guy who's bigger, faster, stronger um than Fayon Hicks? Uh <clears throat> you also had Dominique Roberts Robinson who uh, Dane Brugler has rated as a, a late third round pick. I believe Matthew Butler went to the Raiders. That was one of my favorite pick by the Raiders, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, that one's, I guess we can just get right into it here. Cause we already talked about Henningson, but the Montreal, Washington path to the field this year, again, better damn well be the starting kickoff returner. Cause he used a fifth round pick on him. Um, so that's it for somebody. Touches. Yep. And you that's know, somebody who with four or five touches a game, you know? Yeah. So let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Absolutely. It's, Never feels great uh, when other teams are like, I didn't have a gradable, draftable grade on that guy. And he's like, yeah, I was no way in hell I was expecting to be drafted. But, uh, you know, go out there and prove those guys right. Uh, I, got, Nick, I, got, I got a story when I was doing uh, 
football recruiting, Auburn offered this guy. <clears throat> I went to Auburn. I was pretty in with their fans and stuff. And they offered this guy from this high school where one of my good friends was the head coach at that high school. And he had just left for a one double a job. Okay. So he was just left to the college. And he said, Scott, we weren't going to offer him at the one double a job. And these guys are giving me hell that. Why do you only have him two stars? You think, you know, more than this, he's at Auburn. I'm like, let's just see, you know, his own coach wasn't going to offer him at a one double a school. And you're giving me hell. Come on. But you don't come out and rail the kid like that. That's where it's a little more fun to do pro guys. Cause you can be a little bit more, more honest. Well, yeah. guess who ended up being right on that one? Yep. You know, the old high school coach. Yeah, that's uh, going to happen sometimes. And you have Iowa guys finding quarterbacks from South Dakota moved to tight end and they end up being first round draft picks kind of thing. So <laughs> it's uh, you never know how to get my Iowa shot in there. Uh, Lawrence Rivera saying, I see a lot of amazing shorter guys that don't get looked at a lot because of height, yet they are some of the best players. Um, I think the height stuff has gotten a little bit less impactful uh, in today's game. Um, it's not as valuable, but if you're obviously if you're way too short, then that's that can be a thing. Um, but you know, when you're talking about guys getting overlooked, it's always a chance that's going to happen. But then there's you know thousands of short guys who didn't make it as well. So it's probability. Know. Yeah, you know, if you're looking at five ten to six two, there's a zillion of them. There's not nearly as many guys six four to six seven. So it's, mm -hmm. it's probability. One of those zillion is going to be a pretty good football player. Which yep. one? That's the yep. hard part. Yep. No, absolutely. And I mean, prototypes do matter. Um, and it's just the odds of guys hitting there. It's the one thing that I think it's arm length, you know, like, oh, you know, Joe Thomas had what, 33 or 32 inch arm length. Well, God, how many Joe Thomases have there been? You know, you're talking about an absolute anomaly there or uh, Tom Brady went in the sixth round. Okay. That doesn't mean every quarterback draft in the sixth round is going to be Tom Brady with a small enough sample size. You can prove any point you want to, I should be looking at Walmart yeah. or whatever, you know, discount store that Kurt Warner was wearing. I swear I need to look for quarterbacks. Good Lord. If I need IV. a hall of famer and a, and a, and a two time MVP, that's where I should go. Why bother with this draft stuff? I mean, look at Kurt Warner. These guys don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Come on, man. It's not how it works. No. No, it doesn't work that way. So uh, keeping it going here, um, we talked a lot of Montreal, Washington. Obviously, the pathway for him this season is to the uh, uh, special teams, kick returner, punt returner. Um, I guess my question for you before we move forward is, uh, is there a pathway for him as a wide receiver? I just don't see it for, I mean, there's some chance. gadget touches for him, but yeah. Okay. No, but so. Seth Williams will see the field at wide receiver, I, I believe, before Washington. But yeah, he'll get a chance. Sure. Yeah. And uh, he'll get a chance in preseason, too. You know, you yeah. should see several second half of preseasons. See what he can do. You know, find a little yeah. bubble screen. You know, that's basically a punt with the same skills you need as a punt returner. Drop yeah. them in the slot, you yeah. know, where uh, where you use quick guys like that that you try and get the ball to to see if they can make plays. Um, but no, he's not going to beat out, you know, the the main guys. Yeah. But, you know, can he come in and and, uh, and do a job because somebody went down and, and you need to get him on the field? So play special teams, block your ass off. Yeah. And you'll have a chance to see the field sometimes. Yeah, no, good call. Uh, the Broncos uh, fifth round pick that happened later. So we're kind of circling back here. Uh, Luke Wattenberg Broncos traded up in the fifth round to go get him. So obviously he was one of their guys. I uh, tested pretty well um, for Washington, uh, had a really good 10 yard split and uh, had really good jumps, solid mover in space needs to get much stronger um, and has crazy good length uh, for the center position. I think 34 inch arm length put him in like the 90th percentile or something for centers. 
um, even maybe even higher. Um, so really excited about that. And you think the Broncos really do value that uh, arm length from all of the offensive line spots, not just the offensive tackle. So uh, Wattenberg's up there as well. And Lawrence Rivera coming in here talking about helping us out. Uh, thank you so much for the support, Lawrence. You've been double, triple dipping today. So uh, we appreciate you. Yep. Thank you, Lawrence, for the stars and uh, that arm length, you know, 34 and an eighth. And, and then and I always look at I immediately I've got my spreadsheet. I immediately go over on the far right where it's in the in the in the three cone and shuttle. And his agility drills are solid, you know, seven and a half, four and a half on the on the three cone L cone shuttle. So good athlete, nice frame. Um, and you get him there and that and that pick he you know, I don't expect him to be pushing for a starting job right away but yeah. a nice developmental piece that can can add some backup and some competition to the room. Yeah, and I was not lying about the arm length. Just found him in uh, Mock Draftable's database when you put him in through a center. They haven't sorted all the offensive linemen into niche positions. They're all just offensive line, mm -hmm. uh, but you can kind of <clears> drop them down to put him in center and a uh, 96 percentile arm length with that mm -hmm. 34 and an eighth. Also, his uh, jump's pretty good. Um, 68th percentile vertical, 95th percentile broad. So uh, this is one that I don't expect him to be a a dude this season uh, for the Broncos. He's going to need a year, I think in the uh, fermentation chamber, so to speak, he's but a, uh, he's a really good athlete at that position. A, yes. With, with the frame, he's a good athlete, good frame. Yep. That's you, you, again, you talk about traits and building blocks for a six round pick. Yeah. Great. I, I really like this pick. The only thing where he doesn't stand out is he has really small hands, but he's not playing quarterback. And I, not, I'm not an offensive line coach. I know that some people like to have the bigger hands for the grip strength. Yeah, um, they're not that small. I mean, they're nine and a half. That's yeah. that's about how big my hands are, and I can palm a basketball. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's not that's not too small. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Again, he's not catching the ball, uh, and it's not the it's not the quarterback or wide receiver. But mm -hmm. for the hand size on that, you know, grips as you said, grip strength. But that shouldn't matter for hand size as much. Yeah, you know, once once he gets those mitts on you. So again, I, I I like the pick here. Yeah. You know what else I like, Nick? Mark. Big Mark stars. Mark Schrader. Mark Schrader coming with the big stars. Thank you, Mark. Mark knows that he gotta make hay while the sun's out, because uh, only two more Monday shows after this until uh things start to ramp back up for the Broncos. So we appreciate you, Mark, uh helping us off on a Monday morning. Um also keeping it going here. Uh Delarian Turner Yell, Broncos other fifth round pick this season. Really good tackler, man. I went back and watched Oklahoma and safety is probably my least favorite position to scout, especially if they're playing a lot of high because, you know, they're out of screen <laughs> half the reps, especially uh, not as bad in the Big 12. Actually, they do a pretty good job because it's such a spread based conference that their camera angles a little farther. Um, but DeLarian Turner yell uh, comes downhill, very physical tackler. I think he can be a little bit better adding strength to his frame, but he has good form. And uh, I think this is a shoe in uh, special teams contributor year one the real question for me is is he going to push uh jr reed jamar johnson pj lock off the roster i think there's a good chance for that uh, there's just there's so many defensive backs right now on this team not all of them are going to make it but uh, i would be shocked given the years of control left the upside the athleticism and the physicality if uh, turner yell isn't the fourth or fifth safety yeah, it's it's going to be a battle for the special team spot that's for sure yeah. so who wants to go out there and earn this spot and if he's in a fifth round guy he's cheap you know, you got yep. him for three years and cheap. And if, if I'm looking for an emergency player in my defensive backfield, but a special team stalwart, let's sort it out. Let's yep. let's get out there and get after it and earn a job. So again, not you're, you're we're saying a lot of the same things about these guys. We're practice squad special teams. We also started from the bottom. You know, yep. that's that's what you're looking at. We we talked about before. This isn't 
you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I didn't want to just lead with the Atlanta Falcons because the six round pick should be a starter for the Atlanta Falcons. This isn't one of the teams, one of the dregs. This is a team we're talking about having Super Bowl aspirations. And you're not penciling in fifth, sixth, and seventh round guys into the starting lineup. You're talking about special teams and depth. And that's where we are in this point of the draft. Yep. Special teams in depth. I'm really excited to see Turner yell, though. Um, watch him more. He's going to have a plenty of snaps in preseason. So just watching these guys, you know, we've watched them a lot. Uh, again, I wish he was, was he a little bit bigger? That'd be fine. Um, maybe even a little bit more athletic to hang in better in man coverage than what I saw at Oklahoma. But fifth round pick, very good triggering downhill and uh, going to be a very good special teams guy. So that's great for the Broncos. Uh, moving forward now, Broncos in the fourth round. My favorite picks uh, for the Broncos in this last uh, draft cycle. Uh, at pick 116? Yeah, I think 116. Uh, they took uh, Wuzurike out mm-hmm. of uh, Iowa State. And let's get to Kathy first saying, Hello, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Finally able to catch live again, even though I'm late to the party. Uh, McMillan or Hicks to make the 53. Uh, I think Hicks more likely to make it because he's a better better athlete and therefore probably a better special teams contributor, but uh, we'll see. McMillan is the undrafted free agent out of uh, Eastern Carolina. The Broncos brought him in a pre-draft visit, probably to be like, Hey, we like you. We're probably not going to draft you. Please sign with us when the time comes, if you don't get picked. So uh, (laughs) we'll see about that one. Um, But I think Hicks making the 53 specifically for that far end of the back of the roster, it's going to come down to special teams. This is a special teams episode today, guys, Uh, at least this so far. So that's what, uh, that's what I think. So, uh, and Ethan says, well, we need a special teams players because our special teams have been anything. But again, is it attitude, personnel, and or scheming? A little bit of all of them. Uh, I think the attitude and the want to on this team is going to improve immensely with the regime change. Um, The scheming is going to change, hopefully for the better, with, uh, with Stukes as your new coach and your old one over in Las Vegas. Um, you'll never right. convince me that this isn't a, a, a mafia-like made man scenario in coaching. Once you're in, you're in. Um, you can just man. keep recycling. We'll just move you to different factions. We'll put you on another block um, to, to go earn. Um, and then uh, the final one was, was personnel. And you've addressed a lot yeah. of that through, uh, through the draft to try and up your personnel. So special teams should be much improved this year with the emphasis that we've seen on it in all three phases. Yeah. And Mark coming in saying, I feel like we could have probably gotten a Washington pick uh, a round or two later easily, taking others available. That's the big thing. But uh, they must have thought they had some intel that somebody else was interested and took him. So Dwayne Stukes, uh, hopefully they got your guy and it works out for you. Um, Awuzurike, I like this pick a lot. It was one of my favorite picks of the entire draft uh, for the Broncos. He's going to have to work on his pad level. He's really tall, which so it's always going to be an issue for him. And uh, he can get, you know, leverage out leveraged pretty consistently at the point of attack, especially against double teams. Very long. Uh, I think he actually could stand to lose a little bit of weight, uh, even to get a little bit more dynamic and fluid. Um, I think it's going to be more about the pad level for him versus, you know, adding mass to take on double teams. Expect him to play um, nose guard. I don't expect him to play nose guard. I think he's going to play okay. the Shelby Harris spot. Okay. Cause I'm looking at him thinking, you know, at three, four, he could actually get a little bigger uh, and maybe play a nose guard spot. And now he's clogging with that sock of his um again if he gets gets underneath you maybe i'm not getting a push but as long as i'm not getting pushed back and i use that frame all of a sudden i'm clogging the middle of the passing lanes we've talked about the tight end and stuff that you're going to be facing well how about having a 6-6 guy with an 11 foot reach that can get up there without moving right in the middle of the of the defense so we'll see we will see 
Yeah, and uh, Chad's also saying, Scott, your voice kind of went a little staticky and quick there, so unsure what happened. Um, but Wuzurika, uh, yeah, I think he's he did does have a chance to play the nose tackle as well. That's one of the things that the Broncos said in the press conference uh, right after the draft was over, saying you know his versatility really drew us to him. Uh, but I think year one, you know, it's there's a good chance for him to play that three four the four eye spot for Shelby Harris with his length. I think Peyton even mentioned specifically, oh, he can play that four eye spot. So that's what it leans to with me. And uh, the leverage issues for Wuzurika, he can still be a guy who can eat up blocks but I think the leverage issues would be less of a problem at tackle and guard where you tend to see a little bit more height uh, versus a center and guard who will almost, you know, be, you know, six, one to six, three and can dig him out uh, like a tall tree. Um, so that's one that uh, sticks out here. And Ashton saying, Hey, it might be your graphics card there, Scott. So that's way too computery for me. It I have no be. idea. It might be. Um, I also run uh, my mic through a hub. I might just get a 10 foot USB and run straight into the computer. Okay, well, it sounds good now. Um, so Uzrika, I think he's. This is one of the guys who, I think, shockingly, has a very good chance to be a starter this season. It's a, it's going to be a niche role. It's going to be three four base. Uh, but I think he's got a great chance um, to be a starter this year for the Broncos because we don't know about McTelvin Jean, we don't know about Deshaun Williams, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to have to figure out who's playing that other defensive end spot across from Draymond Jones. I I think Uzrika has got a great chance. Now, uh, yeah, it sounds good now. We'll see how good it sounds. But yeah, yeah you know, it was good. funny. This is a guy, you got me on, on this guy way before Nick. Uh, it was yeah. and, and we we kind of made fun that he was listed at edge. Yeah. You know, when you put him in the mocks, I'm like, how come you took a third edge? Because this edge is 320 pounds. Yeah. Um, but again, athlete with that size, the versatility and the possibilities you can use him across all three spots on the defensive line makes him a very, very good pick. I know, I, well, we've got proof. I know how happy y'all were when, yeah. when this selection was made. Yeah. Um, man, round, round day three, round four kicked off with a bang and uh, Ethan coming in with a bang here. I see purple, uh, Damari Mathis, my favorite pick. And the only one I mocked to Denver at one fifteen. Damari Mathis. We mocked him to Denver a lot. One fifteen. I feel like in those mock draft simulators, we'd always talk about him at pick 96 as well. Uh, sounds like that was the case for the Broncos. I think Scott's jumping out and, uh, restarting his computer a bit. So you get to see my, my mug for a bit with my man, my, my flag is Caddy Wampus, just like a Monday morning. What's going on here? Uh, thank you so much, though, Ethan. Yeah, Damari Mathis. I think Mathis's role this season will be cornerback four, and he's going to be battling with Michael Ojemudia. Um, If he can come out this season, and I I would expect Michael Ojemudia to be the starter. I think people are sleeping on Ojemudia a bit. I mean, he was middle of the third round pick, and he wasn't terrible as rookie season. He got benched for a bit because of his tackling issues, uh, but uh, – and so, yeah, everybody, come come hang out with me. Isaiah said he's going to hang out with me. Thank you so much. Uh, but I think Michael Ojemudia last season, you know, dealt with the bleeding hamstring that just could not get right. But he came in week 17. And if you guys have Game Pass or if Game Pass becomes free during the offseason, uh, you have a little bit of time. Go back and find the All-22 and watch Michael Ojemudia um, last season, week 17, because he was really good. So uh, I think it's gonna it would be... A little bit of a surprise for me if Damari Mathis beats out Ojemudia this season. But Mathis going to work on his technique. He's going to get a little bit uh, grab-happy, going to lead to more penalties in the NFL, which, I mean, instead of a 15-yarder that you see in college, it's, you know, the 40-yarder huh, that you're going to see in the NFL. So need to work on that. But uh, I think Mathis's role is going to be interesting. I'm curious to see his usage uh, in camp. This is one of those guys that are they going to trust him to play him in slot and boundary, or are they going to make it really easy for him uh, – easy for him a year one because he can project to all those spots 
So uh, welcome back, Scott. It's a uh, damn fast computer. I'll tell you that. So that's yeah. how long it took me to restart the whole thing. Man, so, I would be out for another half hour. Yeah, I should uh, just but, do that on Mondays. You know, I've been gone all week. Come back, letting it sleep. Needs it needs its uh coffee. Yep. And actually, that probably just convinced me to get a new one because uh, my daughter could use an upgrade. She's graduating from fifth grade, and she plays on one of my old ones. She plays her games upstairs. I'm like, maybe I just nice go get myself a new one and move this one upstairs. Uh, so we're talking about Damari Mathis here, role mm -hmm. year one. Um, one of the things that stood out for him, for me, because his physicality, his size, and uh, his tackling is that he could play slot just as easily as a, not just as easy, but project as a slot guy beyond Kawan Williams, you know, blitzing, tackling, et cetera, really important from that slot uh, cornerback more and more uh, than it's been. And uh, maybe even safety. So do you think they're going to give him that? Are we going to see uh Damari Mathis line up in all these spots in camp, or is it going to give him like, you know, okay, you're just going to be boundary this year. Anything beyond that, we can go from there, but first master the boundary. I don't know enough about them. You know, how much of a mad scientist is it's like, listen, let's, let's put you around in different spots or is it the, you know, let's keep it simple, stupid. And we're going to give yeah. you a one spot, master that one. And then we'll think about doing you. So I don't, I don't know enough about this coaching staff um, about doing different thing about how they would use them. I, Knowing that he's not really penciled in as a starter, I'd like to cross train him everywhere. You know, mm -hmm. I'd like to get him, you know, get him a, a bunch of different tasted a bunch of different stuff and see where she takes to right away. Yep. But um, we'll see. We'll see what the coaching staff has to do with him. I, I would give him the opportunity to get some reps all over the place yeah. uh, and find a way to get him on the field based on injuries. You know, we had the same conversation to a certain extent with Pat Sertan last year, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and injuries answered that question for us. Uh, yeah. You know, listen, we, we can use him as a, as a Rover. We can use him as a, a jumbo safety walk up where he's in the slot outside. Oh, wait, we got a couple injuries. You're going outside and and he's great. Yeah. That's the, that's the beauty of having yeah. versatile players like that. And, and, and why you want to take a guy like Pat Sertan because scheme be damned schemes change. Yep. Give me the best football player. Yep. And uh, the more hats you can wear, the more stuff you can do on defense as well. Uh, so we'll be interesting to see that. And you, you just mentioned, you know, we don't know what the staff is going to do. What we can go off of is they already want to cross train Baron Browning, who had a lot of potential last year at that linebacker spot. So based on that information, uh, stretching it across here to Mathis, I would think that they're going to try to cross train him. How as do we much get our best players on the field? Yep. How? I mean, that's, yep. that's the, that's the coach's job is get our best players on the field and put them in a position to make plays. Once you've done that, it's up to them. You know, sometimes yeah. you're like, you know, you'll see a one-on-one. -on -one. No offense. We talk about that a lot. If I scheme you to be one-on-one -on -one and you get tackled, I'm pretty happy with my scheme. Now it's on you. Now, if you yeah. get tackled five times in a row, now it's on me because I need to, I need to find a change. You know, I need to, I need to get an upgrade. Yeah. Obviously you're, I'm scheming to something you're not capable of doing. We need to change. And now in my mind, I'm thinking I need somebody else. Yep. Uh, speaking of somebody else, Greg Dulcich, uh, the next pick for the Broncos, mm -hmm. your new tight end. Um, his role year one, I, is so Scott is Greg Golsuch going to be the week one starting tight end? No, no. Okay. No, I'll break away, but will be. If, okay, you, if that's how you come out, will he get plenty of reps on the field in week one? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he will. I, I think again, I think, you know, speaking of Swiss army knife, you could line mm -hmm. him up off the line, off ball, tight end, <laughs> H back. However you want to do some fullback. You can use him in a bunch of different ways. You can use him as a jumbo receiver in the slot. You know, he is a big, he is a jumbo pass catching athlete. 
I'm going to find yeah. a spot. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure there's ways I can get him on the field as a traditional tight end. No, I'm going to need Okawebenam to hold down that spot because he's bigger and he's a, he's a better blocker right now. Yeah. yeah we'll be interesting to see how that battles out. Uh, is going to get plenty of reps. Um, I think, uh, for the, uh, the Broncos on offense this season, obviously taking my 80th overall and, I guess the big question is, what's the volume going to be? Um, how much actually is the rookie tight end going to be used? Tight ends is historically a position that takes, you know, two to three seasons really to get their groove because you have to learn the offensive terminology like a receiver as much as you have to learn it like you're an offensive lineman. That's a lot, uh, no doubt, for a rookie, especially coming from, you know, Chip Kelly, you know, quick air raid uh, spread ball uh, there at UCLA. So it's going to be a lot for Dulcich, but um, he should find him, carve himself out a niche role early on, maybe. Um, he's got to have to improve his blocking. Hopefully everything else will come along, but I, I think he's going to end up being maybe not the most volume wide receiver, but I think he's the closest to a happy medium where I think he's a better blocker than Okoibinam, but he's a better receiver than uh, Eric Tomlinson. So depending on what they want to do formationally to get the other defense in certain looks, I think there's going to be plenty of reps. Uh, yeah, for those I expect him to see the field a lot. He's a hell of an athlete. You know, yeah. we're bagging on a four, six, nine, but a four, six, nine is plenty fast. at six, four, two forty five. And then you start looking at some of the agility numbers and he's right at a seven second L cone. You want to wonder why he can get separation. That's why, because he's got excellent, excellent lateral movement and good hands. And he's a former wide receiver. He knows how to, he knows how to run routes and get open. And he's got the athleticism and size to do it. Now at that size, he's got the body control and, you know, to end up playing, to use his frame to shield smaller defenders. Yeah. Try and cover this guy with a linebacker running up, you know, a, again, a seven flat L cone. Try and cover that guy. It's six, four, two forty five. Good luck. Good luck. And biggest thing for Dulcich for me is uh, can he be a good enough blocker this season where teams aren't treating him like Mike Gusecki? You know, Mike Gusecki, great athlete of the tight end positions, but teams are playing him like a wide receiver. And you lose massive schematic advantage if teams are doing that, if you're trying to create better passing opportunity, especially deep and vertically, you want them to tr cover him with a linebacker. So if you do that, you can run the ball, but then also he's detrimental because they think that the safety then can beat you at the point of attack around him. This, so this is your Noah Fant PTSD. Yeah. You cover me like I'm a wide receiver. I've got 50 pounds on your DB. Yep. Do it. Hopefully. And, 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 mean, and single me out and get me in a bubble screen. And I'm dragging that guy for 12 yards. Yeah. That's how the tight end is supposed to be used. That's what we didn't see. Yeah. So you scheme you again, we just talked about schemes and if I scheme a, a 250 pound tight end open against a defensive back in a one V one situation, it should be a minimum 10 yards yeah. just dragging a guy. Yep. hundred percent. Um, we also have, uh, Last one here, before we get on out of here, Nick Benito, roll year one. He's going to be a super sub package player. I'm really curious to see how much training he gets at the stack linebacker spot as well as edge. But I think year one, based on what they've said, he's going to be mainly a third down pass rush specialist where they're going to try to find out different usages for him. Uh, that's probably best case scenario for him year one. And I actually think Benito is uh, questionable enough at the point of attack as a run defender that uh, Benito right now, there's going to be his role is going to be there regardless. If an injury does happen uh, to Bradley Chubb or Randy Gregory, though, I don't think Benito's role changes all that much. I think actually Cooper steps up and becomes the new starter where Benito actually stays as the, the super sub guy with a versatile pass rush upside. I think that makes sense. And having you're drafting a guy you don't necessarily want to be a starter. 
um, yeah. at edge right now. You want Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb to play 17 games yep. and be everything you know they can be. And if you have him coming in and playing 20, 25 snaps a game in third downs, great. You know, great. We talked about in a 4-3. I can put Bradley Chubb or Randy Gregory. I can put their hands on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I can I can put them as a true defensive end and then loop, overlap, Nick, Nick Benito coming around the, the other side of them. Or, mm-hmm. you know, stunts, speed, athleticism. You know, that that could be a lot of fun. We talked, we just talked about how about this? We just talked about the ability for um Deshaun Williams to get in. How about you know a, a true four three with two outs with two edge with uh with Deshaun Williams and DJ Jones inside? Um, and then it is a pass this is a pass for situation with Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory coming in and end and Nick Benito, you know, freelancing, picking his spot yep. LT style, you know, letting yep. him letting him pick his spot where he wants to go. That could be a lot of fun. That could yeah. end, that could end up being a lot of fun. Yeah, at this some point this summer when it's you know the dog days and I'm really craving some football, I think I'm going to go back and watch a lot of the the Rams last season. And I really want to focus in on the usage of uh, Von Miller and Leonard Floyd because those guys dropped into coverage a lot uh, for that Rams defense. Now, granted, you have Aaron Donald in the middle, so you can't afford <laughs> to drop those guys back into coverage. But uh, still, um, I think this is really leaning into versatility and simulated pressure because Benito, while he is not a good run defender, he for what position he plays, he's a really good. Uh, coverage guy i think he looks very fluid in space honest to god i know that ethan's been screaming for a stack linebacker for a while maybe that ends up being benito's role on first and second down browning. somewhere down the line what was that and browning and browning too yep yep you know that was one guy i left off of there you know we talk about athleticism athleticism at 245 pounds you know a four three and you got benito and browning and then jonas griffith in the middle lining up you yep. know or you probably wouldn't have all those guys but if let's say third and eight you know, yeah. third and seven, where there's some question marks in there, and you're not in a straight dime. There's some versatility and some yeah. speed and some attack-minded folks yeah. that would be on the field at one time. And then you've got the ability to rotate those guys in and out too, depending on what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And Eddie Frutos coming in here, uh, get get us on out of here, saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Yo, Broncos country, can't wait for the season to start. Excited for how the AFC West is going to turn out. It's going to be a battle. Loving it, especially with the dry spell. Well, good luck on your dry spell, Eddie. But uh, the Broncos country is going to be... No, sorry to tease you. I had to. Um, It's going to be great. Uh, We have a lot of fun. Also, we got... I don't recognize this one from Twitch as much. So Twitch coming in. He said earlier, uh, Psycho saying, best guys on MHH. So we appreciate that. He's buttering us up. So that way he'll get his his comment flashed here saying, I feel the plan this year was to draft more guys that fit places, not instant starters. Plenty of people too bummed about this draft. I thought they killed it. Keep up the good work, guys. It was a fine draft. Um, it was never mm-hmm. going to be, you know, walking away with Pat Sertain and Javante Williams, but you got uh, Russell Wilson. So, and you know why? As- yeah, you know why? Because here's your number one pick. Yep, 100%. Uh, DWI guys, Ethan coming in from across the pond saying, uh, let's not forget our number one pick, Russell Wilson. The rest of the draft is just crazy. Gravy. <laughs> crazy. Uh, hashtag the closer. Hashtag Broncos for breakfast. Yeah, we'll see how this draft plays out. Um, the Broncos didn't need to hit a home run in this draft, but they also can't come away in like years from now, like, oh my God, we didn't get a single starter in this class. There needs to be at least two guys that step up and become solid starters. But year one, that doesn't have to be the case for them. As you guys heard today, uh, we didn't peg any of these guys as starters besides Dark Horse. I think I think there's a Dark Horse chance for Uzurike to be a starter. With that being said, how much of a starter? And, and Dulcich, yes. Yeah. Dulcich too, yep. Um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and Washington, in a sense, you know, he yeah. could be penciled in first team. So there's... There's some ingredients here for sure. But again, yep. you picked at 64. Yep. You know, what are you, what are you expecting at 64? You expect for a team like this, you know, for a team again with Super Bowl aspirations, 
what are you expecting at 64 to come in and, and get your best player on offense or defense? No. Well, you got him with number one as uh, mm-hmm. as DWI guys comes in and says, you're number one pick. And you know what? He, he'll be worth that number one next year too. Yeah. Yes, sir. And uh, Broncos also getting some picks next year um, in the trade back with the Colts, which, you know, keep that, I think that is important to keep uh, considering as well. That was a good move uh, to get an extra pick, a, a top 100 pick uh, next year from the Colts. So shout out to Peyton on that one. And guys, we got to get on out of here. I got to get to the post office because I got to mail in a priority application. So that way I'm not, you know, <laughs> without a home here in a couple of weeks. So <laughs> we appreciate you guys. Uh, make sure you're following Scott and I. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kennel MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Find us on iTunes, uh, huddle up podcast, huddle up, scroll down, leave us a five-star rating and a review. And please smash that like button or subscribe button, everything on YouTube, hit the bell. So that way, you know, when we go live and, uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. So, uh, Scott has a few things that we can talk about. Maybe, uh, we'll, Scott and I'll chat a little bit later because um, maybe I'll write one of those up for the Broncos as well. If I have some time today, if Chad gets to it, he still has a bunch in the hopper for me. Um, but uh, appreciate you guys. Scott, what's the rest of your day looking like? I don't know yet. God, I don't know best. yet. I mean, it's, there's always some sort of practice to go to. Daughter's got softball. The boys got soccer. So i uh, got to get some work done. Got to get some uh, mile high huddle work done. And then uh, I like to chill a little bit in the afternoon. So we'll see. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Sorry, I created the chat a little bit late and started five minutes late, but uh, we still went a full hour. So uh, all the more reason to like and subscribe. So you get those notifications when we're late. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. So thank you guys so much. Uh, We will see you tomorrow morning and uh, hopefully everybody had a great Mother's Day. Shout out to the moms out there. If you haven't called your mom yet, do it. And also shout out to the people who can't call their mom. Um, You guys are in our thoughts as well. Um, But again, you wouldn't be here without them. So Shout out to those mothers. Appreciate you guys. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.